Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available on your podcast platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 47 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is August 17th, 2021. With me, as always, is my co-host, Say Hey Rob, and a couple of guests joining us tonight. We are joined by Jeff Young of Around the Foghorn. You can follow him at BaseballJeff1 uh, on Twitter. And new guest to the show uh, from KMBR, weekend pre- and post-game host and former Major League pitcher also for the giants bill lasky you can follow him on twitter at lasky 19 that's l-a-s-k-e-y-1-9 uh bill first time on the show thanks for coming on how you doing tonight i'm doing great fellas always good talking giants baseball i could do this every night and i know you three guys love the game of baseball you are statistics plus i follow (laughs) you guys i might even steal some of your stuff too on my show so (laughs) You know what? I appreciate all the work you guys do because I tell you what, you guys throw some good stuff on Twitter up. And thank thanks you, for the kind words. We appreciate that. Um, it's a big honor. Uh, Jeff, welcome aboard, man. It's the third time on to say, hey, pod. How's it going? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just noticed your ad is a San Jose Giants ad. So, uh, I mean, that that's a nice touch right there. Um, <laughs> it's a shame that uh, that Luciano and, and Palmer, it's um have been uh it's not a shame but they've been promoted to eugene so it's a good thing yeah it's they played thing. their way off yeah totally you know um, what off the island. you know what jeff just for that i'm gonna put on my eugene hat <laughs> so i'm ready to rock now <laughs> we're ready to go hey um, you're ready to rock i have another uh, guest as well by hey way. bailey how's it going bailey all right we got the whole uh, crew tonight yeah <laughs> um I wanted to first start off the show talking about uh, went down Friday, Brandon Crawford's new deal. Um, he signed a two year, $32 million deal uh, to extend him through 2023. Um, first off, let's kind of talk about uh, Crawford's season uh, and the value he's been given under this deal. Um, and we, we can start with you, Bill. Uh, Brandon Crawford statistically is having the best year of his career. He's 34 years old, um, grew up a Giants fan been here his entire career came up in 2011 um talk about the year Crawford's having well I had a chance to talk to Crawford after he did that press conference in the dugout I had it on a radio show on Sunday and one of my first questions I asked him flat out is why you signed so soon why did you do this and his answer was kind of surprising he said I'm 34 years old and I wanted to be a giant the rest of my career 
I wanted a two-year contract to see how healthy I'll be when I'm 36. He was happy with the money because I really thought the 16 million was a little low for him. I really did. With the season he's having, when you're comparable, when he's comparable with some of the greatest shortstops that are getting 20, 30 million, and there's more, there's going to be a handful of them coming out in free agency. But I think it's this being stable, being happy, having a family, having the same routine, the same schedule. And, you know, when you're 34, he says, I'm old. I'm like, 34 year old. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I think he really, really wants to be a giant and finish out his career. And that'll be 12 years uh, as a, at the major league level. Of course, 15, because he spent three years in the minor leagues. But going over what he's done this year, he's had the greatest year. He's opened his stance. We talked about his stance a little bit. The analytics showed him that he can drive the ball now with an open. His stance is so much different than when he first came up when he hit the Grand Slam in Milwaukee. And now he's driving the ball, of course, last night going four for four. Uh, but I think it was a good move for the Giants. You know, it wasn't a lot of money. I mean, sure, $16 million is a lot of money. But at his, at his rate of a professional, I think it was a good move for the Giants to start signing a couple of these free agents. Before at the end of the year, Farhan's going to have nothing because they're all going to be free agents. And one stable part, now you have a shortstop. You also, just like you said, you know, when you look at the younger ages, there's no really big time shortstop besides Luciano. And he's a couple years out. So I thought it was a good move. And I'm hoping they continue to do that with Posey. I really don't know what they think about Belt. But of course, all of us want to see Chris Bryant in a Giants uniform for a while. Sure. Yeah, there's some great points. And and Bill, you kind of jumped right into what I want to talk about next. And that's the other free agent source stops coming up next year. And, and Rob and Jeff, I kind of want to see you guys tag team this one. Because obviously at the end of uh, 2021, you have guys like Trevor Story, who's 28. He's going to be free agent. Javi Baez, he's 28. He's going to be a free agent. Carlos Correa is 26. And Corey Seager is 27. These are all the like big name shortstops that are going to be free agents after the season. And I know the age difference is there. That's apparent. That's obvious. But, um, you know, talk about what the Giants did with, like, what Bill just mentioned previously, getting them for 16 a year over the next two years compared to what these guys are going to get, um, you know, after this season. Um, Jeff, we'll start with you, and then I want to hear Rob's thoughts too. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the market uh, has for those four shortstops that you mentioned because there, there's a lot of risk with, when you look at um, – some of the guys that you listed, I mean, uh, Trevor Story, I, I mean, the, the big question the mark is going to be, can he hit outside of Coors Field? I mean, it looks like he can, but the numbers don't necessarily support that. And then you look at Corey Seager, I mean, when he's healthy, he can definitely carry a team, um, but he hasn't proven to be uh, healthy for the past couple of years. So, you know, there's going to be some risk for whichever team uh, that wants to sign him. And then you have Baez, who – uh, is very much a free swinger, and I think there are going to be some analytical teams that might be a little uh, that might be uh, scared away from him. And then you have Correa, who uh, to me would be the only guy. And I said this when when Crawford's deal signed, uh, he's he's probably the only guy that I'd be really comfortable going over sixteen million uh, per year with, um, given you know how every each one of the shortstops have performed in twenty twenty one. Um, and then, you know, you have to factor in uh, Crawford. It, it is a two-year deal, whereas guys like uh, Story and Correa, they're going to be seeking multi-year deals probably 
uh, above three or four or five years. And uh, there, there's, you know, that, that's not the most uh, comfortable thing to do. Um, so there, there is some risk with uh, each of the options available. Um, but yeah, the Giants, I think they did the right thing and they did the smart thing by locking up Crawford for, for two more years at 16 million per year. Rob, give your thoughts on the on the two-year $32 million deal that Crawford gets to stay in San Francisco. He doesn't have to move. Uh, the family gets to stay where they're at. Kids get to stay at the same school. I mean, like, all that factored in. Like, how does this impact the Giants moving forward after this year? Well, you know, Jeff kind of stole a little bit of my thunder. It's, it's interesting when, uh, you know, Crawford, you know, here in August signs that two-year $32 million deal and those other shortstops are probably looking at him right now or texting him saying, dude, what are you doing? Like you are, <laughs> you might win MVP this year. You're, you're killing the market. What are you doing? And so no, and, and, and that, it's a great move for the giants. I mean, whole, holy crap. Like you can't really with, like, like Bill said, you know, you got so many players on the, on this current roster that are going to be free agents here in a couple months, you know, Gossman, Descalfani, you know, Bell, you, you just, I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. And for for him for him, you know, to, and Chris Bryant, of course, you know that that's a big one. But for him to 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 commit in August right now, I mean that 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 kind of sends a message to, to everybody else. At least I hope, you know. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, this team, we all we all agree, this team is probably a year ahead of schedule right now. I mean, we are all surprised, you know, seventy seven wins in September. Holy crap, how's that happen? And but from Farron's perspective, you know, he's trying to, he's still trying to build his foundation here. And when you have a team of one-year contracts, I mean, it's going great right now, but still that's a lot of pressure on him come, you know, these, these winter meetings, you know, what are our priorities? Yeah. It'd be great to bring the whole team back, but is that realistic? Probably not. So, I mean, I think, I mean, if for the future of the giants specifically going forward, Crawford doing this extension right now, that's, you know, that, that, that's huge for everybody else involved who is going to be on the market, you know, coming, you know, th- this winter. And like I said, for those other shortstops, yeah, Trevor Story looking for a huge deal. Obviously, Colorado did him no favors, you know, not really trading him at the deadline. I mean, they really slapped him in the face there, but that's, you know, we talked forever about that. That was a disgrace. And same thing with the you know, Baez and, and I'm with Jeff, you know, you know, Carlos Correa. I mean, I think he, he's probably the best out of that bunch. I love Brandon Crawford, of course, but Carlos Correa, I mean, he might be a superstar here. Now you're already, you're already a superstar, but he might be the best shortstop in the game for the next six, seven years. And I like Corey Seager too, but he doesn't stay on the field. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think Dusty gets, gets a lot of credit over, over there in, in, in Houston right now for how he's handling that whole situation. I mean, those guys have, you know, they've kind of leveled off all the, all the, the chance, all, all the BS that, that goes on where everywhere they go. And Correa is really, you know, fixing to have himself a big contract coming up here. So uh, outside of Correa, I, you know, I, I think these other shortstops are uh, probably a little uh, disgruntled that Crawford signed that extension so quickly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and like you said, just doing it in August instead of waiting to the off season and even hearing, uh, offers from other teams. It's it's crazy. So good for the Giants. Good for Crawford. Got that deal done. Don't have to worry about it. Um, Rob, you brought up the Giants in 77 wins already here in mid-August. 
Um, and currently before tonight's game against the Mets, they have a four game lead over the Dodgers uh, and still have the best record in baseball. I know we keep hearing that on a daily basis, but it never gets old to my ears. I'm sure you guys can agree with that. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to talk about our preseason expectations compared to what's going on and what has actually happened up to this point. Um, I'll keep mine short. I know I had them finishing 80 and 82 this year. Um, that's still mathematically impossible, but if that happens, that is the greatest collapse in baseball history. Um, they're going to surpass that by a lot. Uh, Bill, what were your thoughts uh, going into this season, um, you know, with how this roster was structured um, compared to what's actually turned out? I think the biggest thing that I thought Farhan was doing when he signed all these guys for one-year contracts, I thought he would be the seller in July. You know, I thought he was going to sell a lot of these pieces off to build the infrastructure, the younger players that try to get prospects. I think that's what his goal was leaving spring training. He had a bunch of guys, all retreads. When you start looking at the pitching staff, D. Sclafani, Wood, they really didn't pitch much last year. Gosman pitched outrageous last year. First half was great. Then you start looking at the bullpen. He threw a lot of guys that really didn't have good years last year. And sure enough, they worked it out. I mean, they worked through the analytics. They saw what they had to work on. They worked on it, and it worked out for him. Did he think this whole thing was going to come to fashion? Hell no. Nobody did. Nobody. <laughs> you know, the, the confidence that they build within a clubhouse, and I tell you, that's where it starts. When you can get teams to believe in each other and you start winning late games, coming back, firing back, pitchers throwing real well, and you start building off of rotations, you always hear one guy wants to outdo the next guy. That's the truth. It really does. That's how you get your rotation working. If I throw a two-hitter, the next guy wants to throw a one-hitter. That's the competition you want within your, your rotation. And I think that's what they did with Di Sclafani and Gosman. And then Wood was just outrageous in April and May. So, you know, that's what made that rotation good. Now, of course, Logan Webb, we didn't know where he was coming. Now he's dealing. But getting back to what you thought of out of spring training, I thought this team, if they finished 500, third place, I would be happy because it was – Everybody was talking Dodgers Padres and we saw how much money both these teams paid and you thought they were just going to run away with it, but it's the grunting. It's the game ship, all the things you did as with this team and they start building momentum and the momentum just kept winning. They won series. They won the most series in major league baseball. That's how you play the game of baseball in the big leagues, win series, win two out of three, go to the next one, win two out of three, the four game series, if you split two and two, that's great. But these guys were winning three out of four. So this is just carried on. I'm tired of everybody in the East Coast saying they're, the bubble's going to burst, everything. We're going to see. It's, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. The next two weeks and then September is going to be where the baseball's played at. But I don't yeah. see this team quitting. I don't see this team falling. Injuries always happen. We know that. But, again, there's so many pieces to this puzzle that keep changing each day and there's a new leader, there's a new hero. And I keep going back to Chris Bryant, one of the best players they picked up and he fit this roster. He fit this lineup and he can play anywhere. Which is a huge plus. Um, his defensive uh, versatility is just perfect fit for, uh, for the giants. And, and Rob said it a couple episodes ago, um, right after the trade deadline, when the Giants went and got him, you know, if Farhan went into a lab to build his prototype <laughs> player, it'd be Chris yeah. Bryant. And that was a great way sure. to put it. Um, Jeff, 
you know, you, you write about this team pretty much on a daily basis. So you, you know, you see all these different angles and you, you know, type it into your computer. Uh, what, uh, what were your expectations before the season up until now and have they changed or obviously, you know, uh, what has that been like? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know it's uh, fun to poke fun at some of the major publications with the projections they've come out with and saying that the giants were going to win 75 or 72 games. Um, it, I, I didn't put a projection out there, but if I did, I'd probably say about 81, 82 wins. I think we're probably all in the same uh, ballpark with uh, projections. Uh, so soon enough, we can kind of uh, look in a mirror and kind of laugh at ourselves, I guess, if, if that's what we're doing with the other publications. Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, my expectation was 80 to 82 wins. And um, they, obviously they got off to a hot start and they haven't really cooled down ever since. I mean, and uh, to Bill's point, uh, baseball, I mean, it's it's won and lost in September and, and the Giants play a lot of good teams over the next uh, six weeks or so. <laughs> Um, they've proven they've proven that they can win against good teams. I mean, I think they have the second best record in the National League against teams over 500. I think the Padres are the, the only team with like uh, one game yeah, with a slightly higher winning percentage. But um, they've proven they can win against the good teams. And, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're going to continue to be tested. Um, but obviously, any expectations that we had going into this season, they've blown them all into the water. So um, it, it's been uh, – uh, it, it, I mean, they, they've arrived a year uh, earlier than, than expected, and it's it's uh, refreshing to see, especially after a couple of uh, kind of rough uh, years uh, before 2020, uh, 2017 through 2019 were pretty, uh, pretty rough. Rob, we've discussed, you know, this team and uh, obviously all the time, uh, but, you know, like with obviously, and I, I want to hear, you know, you go back to your preseason predictions and to up to this point, but it's like, can you agree? And we've talked about it, you know, like it's just hard seeing this team. I, and it's almost inexplainable. And it's just, that's the beauty of baseball and the sport that you can't see this team struggling. I don't, I don't know why you can't see. And that's why they haven't had a losing streak more in four games. Um, and, and people always talk about, they've had a couple of like five or six game winning streaks too, but they're just so consistent. And it feels like it's almost inevitable that this team can, you know, go lose a bunch of games in a row. Hey, okay. Like we'll go back to it. I said the Giants would go 81 and 81 and I felt really good about that. Like, but you know, th things change, you know, and I think we all believe that guys like Crawford and belt coming back in spring training, you know, hopefully they have a nice little first half and maybe we can, the Giants can get something for him at the deadline and maybe the Yankees will want belt maybe the Red Sox or, or one crop, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's where we were coming yeah. in, coming in, into the season. So, and you know, low and well, Posey, Posey had a club option for next year coming in anyways, but yeah, but guys like that quite Quato, I've been, I've been calling a Quato trade for two years now and <laughs> yeah. And, okay. It's not going to happen. Great. I, I was wrong, but, um, but all these veterans who, who we thought were just completely toast, you know, and Posey was the wild card coming into the season. All just having just these renaissance years and you know, people got Cueto, including me, you know, you know, and it starts, but he, you know, he's having a solid year for being a, being the, 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 the three, four starter and there's in this rotation. He's a little consistent, but I mean, he's been doing just fine, you know, in, in his role. And, you know, I think with, with, with Farhan going out and putting so many just, 
these little one-year deal pieces together. And like, like, like Bill said, I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody expected all that to, to come together all at once. And yeah, maybe best case scenario, Gosman and Descafani, you know, we can send them away the deadline and, or, or would at the deadline and see what happens, see what we can get for him and let Farhan build what he's had envisioned this whole time when he got the team and figured, okay, what can I do once all these, all these payroll guys are gone and what, where can we be in 2022? And yeah, it's just, it's nothing, it's nothing short of a phenomenal. It, it it's just crazy how they've been able to, to, to do this so quickly. And with the Padres, you know, you know, being the, uh, you know, the talk of the town coming in and the Dodgers being the defending world champs. I it's, it's just it, it's insane, and the Giants. Remember, the Giants didn't have a closer coming into the season. Remember that Jake McGee has twenty six saves, and they didn't <laughs> have true. they didn't have a they didn't have a closer coming into the season, and the bullpen was uh, was a wild card. Start pitching was a wild card, and everything has just come, has just come together. And you know, it, I I'm at a loss for words. Really, eighty one, eighty one. That's where I was. Mm-hmm. So I'm not smarter than anybody else. By any means. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about Farhan and the roster, um, just how he's compiled these pieces together. And I've said it before. Um, I feel like he may value quantity over quality more. And if one of those pieces out of five work out, okay, I'm going to use you. Let's put you in. And most of them have worked. I mean, the only ones I could think of that haven't worked this season really are Matt Whistler and, you know, maybe John Brebbia. Other than that, Aaron, Sa- Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, probably. Even though, like, he wasn't awful by any means, and I, I can't believe he cleared waivers. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's incredible I can't what he made four million dollars. That, that's, 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 that's where we go. A little bit of, a, of an overpay for uh, for risk reward there. That's true, but um, it, it's crazy. I know I wanted to talk about it uh, next, but we kind of already have um, just. Can we all agree Farhan Zaidi is probably going to be the NL executive of the year? Um, and and the way I, I just I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on like how he uses the IL loopholes. I mean, for example, at the beginning of the season, I think it was Jake McGee and Logan Webb get their COVID shots. And it's like, okay, well, you're not pitching the next couple of days anyways. We're gonna put you on the COVID IL. We're gonna bring up two fresh arms. I know that's like a really simple example. But the way in, you know, recently, Di Sclafani, he put on the IL for 10 days just to give him rest for a start. And then he uh, he's, sounds like he's doing it with Cueto. Cueto should be back in the next couple of days. I mean, like, talk about uh, – I'll start with Jeff on this one. Jeff, talk about the way Farhan uses the Major League Baseball, like, transactions and IL loopholes and all that and how he's made this stuff work. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. Um you know, w- with some of the uh, players he's put on the injury list recently, I, I mean, you've got to think that maybe there there is an injury uh, involved with somebody like Di Scalfani. He had uh, he had shoulder fatigue, which I mean, everyone has uh, some fatigue at some point or at this point in the season. But I think it is more about workload management and optimizing their their performance because ideally, in a perfect world, and maybe if you go back ten years ago, the 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 ideal pitcher throws two hundred plus innings. But I, I think with analytics and everything they're they're kind of rethinking what optimal performance, what optimal workload is right now. And maybe, it, maybe it isn't a guy who throws 32 starts. Maybe it's a guy who gives you 20, 26 or 27 
uh, really good starts. And then uh, the, the, other, the five remaining starts are, are spent on the injured list. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, Farhan and Kapler have done a nice job of really kind of manage, managing everyone's uh, performance. So they're, they're not overused with the exception of maybe uh, Tyler Rogers, who can throw every day, apparently. Um, but uh, <laughs> it seems like every other pitcher has spent time on injured list, but it, it hasn't been, you know, a long-term injury. It's just been, you know, maybe a, a minor injury and, and just a chance to give them a breather, work on their mechanics, uh, perhaps, if, if, they're, um, if their mechanics are off. But, uh, yeah, I, I see it more as workload management than, uh, than anything else. And, you know, the injured list – the, the way the rules work it allows them to do do it this way and and Farhan's taking advantage of it so you know that's that's kind of what they've what they've done and I, I kind of expect them to continue doing that Bill do you agree it's more workload management stuff and also I, I kind of want to just real quick add on another piece of the question for you being a former pitcher um, you know it, I, I wouldn't be surprised and I've been kind of saying it like could we see a phantom Kevin Gosman and even maybe a Logan Webb IL stint maybe in the next couple of weeks, just so they're fresh come September and ready to go into October? Yeah, I, I really believe it. He, you just said it. Jeff said it exactly right. Um, they took the workload off of Cueto. Cueto was getting flat. His breaking ball was, was really wasn't dipping like it used to. And you go back to Di Sclafani. You could see he was just not topping out like he did with velocity. You could see him pushing his breaking ball. And they gave him a seven-day break, and he comes out and throws five innings the other day, and he was right back on it. There's no, there's no injury here. It's all, work, it's all workload management, and they're doing a great job. They're way in front of it, and you don't see too many teams doing this right now. They are so far ahead of all these other teams, and they see what they're going to see. They see what's going to happen in September. They've got it all mapped out. They know how many starts these guys got left. They know exactly who they're pitching against. They changed the rotation just a little bit, one here, one there. So they have it all gauged out. This is what's great about if you can go in that coach's room and you look at the board, they have the whole rest of the season mapped out. I've been in there. It's cool as hell. It shows you all the different you know, pitching matchups, more or less, who they could see, when they gauge it out. And that's what it is. It's all about that. It's all about progression. And they are so far ahead of this. And I keep saying this because they are taking less innings off. You're not going to have pitchers throw 200 innings that much. I don't see that happening. You're going to see aces like Scherzer and guys like that. But the other guys, you're going to go 160, 180, maybe a little more, maybe 25 to 27 starts. Not going to have guys throwing 30 starts anymore because they have the depth. Now, I think if you ask Farhan, if he could have done one thing, he could have pitch up, picked up a starting pitcher. I don't care who it was. He took the Watson mm-hmm. for nothing, and Tony Watson's been great. I think if he had a little more time to pick a starter, I think he would have got another arm. Because when you look at AAA, Sammy Long, he's all right. He's not ready, though. Now they bring up Tyler Chatwood today. They get rid of Jackson, and I thought that was going to happen. Chatwood yeah. is good. And, you know, he was in AAA. Johnny Dasko is one of my best friends. He said, dude, this guy's throwing lights out. And we knew that. We knew that he could do that. We saw him in Colorado coming out of the bullpen in the middle of relief, throwing 96-97 with that wipeout slider. He has to throw strikes. That's his biggest downfall. He walks too many guys. So now if they change it, and Johnny said he's throwing strikes, he's throwing bullets, 
So that's what they want out of them. And I think that was a huge pickup for them for nothing off the waiver wire or DF8 or however. So I just think, um, you know, like Jeff was saying, I think the workload on these starters, they're pulling them back and they see what's ahead of them. They're gauging who they want Cueto to throw against and they don't want to put him against some of these major teams. I, I tell you what, I'm like with Rob. I, I, was, I was really cautious with Johnny Cueto today. He was my big question mark going into the season. He didn't throw that well last year, pushing him up from Tommy John. And, and there's no way this guy's going to be a giant after this year. And I thought he was done 2016, 17, when he had that great first half. Yeah. In the second half, he faltered. He's, we haven't seen that guy yet. We, we see glimpses. One start, maybe out of four or five. He's always given up three or four in runs. That's, that's my question mark I've always had in this rotation. It's a great point, um, especially with Cueto. Yeah, and, and it has. It's been a few years since he's been consistently good. Uh, but now I feel like this year you're seeing like two out of every three starts, like he's going to give you a chance to win. Um, and, and it is. He's been like consistently inconsistent, but um, a pleasant surprise to, to have at the end of that rotation this year. Um, he's been good. Rob, real quick, uh, I know you love Farhanas just as much as anybody else. Um, talk about him yeah. real quick and how he structured this roster together. Yeah, you know, these guys really nailed it. And um, talking about how Farhan's been able to kind of manipulate the IL with uh, Descafani and now Cueto. And, you know, they probably wouldn't be able to do this, you know, if they weren't you know, 77 to 42 and have enough four or five game lead in the NL West. But seeing as they are, you know, they're not stupid. Like, you know, they, they, they know that this, this, this is a long haul in September. It's, I mean, starting now, I mean, really, they're putting, they're playing the Mets right now, you know, the, the Aces weekend, you know, this schedule is not going to lighten up. They have the Brewers coming to town, the Braves two more times. They know what's coming. And, you know, I don't think they would be doing this if say they were, down four or five games in, in, in the West. I mean, it's, it's purely speculation. This is what I think. But since they can, why not? That's why you go out and sign guys like Tyler Chatwood and Matt Schumacher, guys who have been there and can possibly come up and, you know, pitch once, maybe twice, you know, you know, while your main horses get, get rest periods, you know, and that's, you know, just, just like the, the other day, like I don't, it didn't, didn't we find out that Jay Jackson got put on? Was it the uh, the COVID list because he got the vaccination yeah. or something? Yeah. Is that what that was? So Sammy Long could come up and throw a couple innings. Like that's all. That's all that was, you know. And it's just it's it's little things like that where, you know, Varhan has been clearly ahead of the game, but especially right now because I don't, you know, Bill Jeff, I think you guys agree. Would you, I'm sure you guys wouldn't be shocked if Alex Wood is the next guy to get a little IL yeah. stand here, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, Gossman missed a little time with the with you know with, with, with this kid showing up and Descafani with the fatigue and Cueto now. I mean, I, I have no doubt Alex Wood's gonna get a little breather here. You know, if they're still a, a couple games up on the Dodgers, you know that you know and Chatwood can, can come up and throw a start or Matt Shoemaker can come up and throw something. I mean, who knows? But they know that they're gonna need these starters to give them five possibly six in a playoff game and turn over to that bullpen who's been so good this year. So the, the way Farron's been able to do this and can't, like, like Bill said, look ahead, you know, be uh, two, three steps ahead of everybody else, but have, you know, be 
overachieving so early in the season and getting them to this point, they can do that. And it's, it's honestly, it's fascinating to see because every day it's, they're, they're making moves every day. Like I've never seen a team make transaction like the 2021 giants. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> so, and, and every day you got, you got to wake up and okay, what are they doing today? You know, what's, what's going on today? So it's yeah. Fascinating stuff. The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money like we are right now just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. Rob, you brought up uh, the upcoming schedule a little bit, and that's what I wanted to talk about next. Obviously, uh, they finish up this three-game set with the Mets tomorrow. Uh, They have Thursday off, and then they're in Oakland for three and then another day off. So they can really kind of, you know, if they need to – you know, use the entire bullpen this weekend and really drain it. They could because they'll be fresh going in and fresh coming out. Uh, when next week on Tuesday, they have a three game set with the Mets again in New York, then three in Atlanta. And then to wrap up August, um, they have those pesky brewers again at Oracle Park. So um, just kind of talking about these upcoming few series, obviously some good baseball. The Braves are now in first um, in the East coming out of nowhere, it's, it's, which is really impressive. Um, especially since they don't have one of the best players in the game in Ronald Acuna. Um, and then obviously at the end of the month, we get to see possibly if it's lined up that Brewers rotation again, which is arguably the best in baseball. So um, we'll start with uh, Bill again. Bill, you know, the, mentioning these upcoming series, which one sticks out to you most and you're most uh, looking forward to uh, with the Giants? I look at the weekend. I, I think when they play the A's, it's always a, it's like a Dodger series. It's that good. And the A's are playing the White Sox. The A's are on a tough. They lost two out of three in Texas. They're getting pounded today from the White Sox. Um, They're having a brutal, brutal road trip. And, uh, of course, they're only like two and a half games out. I always like that interleague with the Bay Bridge. It's something that I enjoy watching. I I love watching the A's. I watch the A's a lot. I think they have a real good team. Of course, Bob Melvin's a close friend of mine. Mike Aldretti's a good friend of mine. Um, so I, I always want them to succeed. Bob's a, a good dude. He really, I wish he would have come over with the Giants when they needed him as a manager, because I think he would have fit in really well here. Yeah. But of course, Bruce Bochy was here and that was a whole nother story. But uh, watching Bob manage and knowing all he does, I just like that series. It's a good competitive series. Now they get Marte, Harrison, you know, uh, they've really strengthened their team. But Somehow, some way, their starting pitching has gone to pots. You know, I don't know if you guys watched Chris Bassett get hit today. 
he got drilled in the head today and it really was bad. real bad Very it sad. was an ugly scene and you know what uh, as a pitcher i just shake my head because you guys don't know how fast that ball comes back at you and he tried to knock it down and it caught him in the temple of the head and it was just not it was ugly i was watching it live my mouth goes open because like i said as a pitcher you get balls coming back at you you just see a, a stream of it and uh, i just hope that he's fine they, they said he's alert uh, conscious but um at the same time it's so difficult when you get drilled like that to get back on that mound and you start thinking about it but i like the oakland a series i think it'll be a fun series and again you know that's what i like interleague i like interleague i don't know how you guys like interleague i think it's fun playing other divisions playing american league teams and now you go back and you got a dh in the lineup again so that should be <laughs> interesting. um yeah and you know i Chris Bassett, speaking of him, he was my preseason AL Cy Young pick, and he was having a a good enough year. He would have received some votes. I'm hoping he's not out too long, but obviously um, hope he gets uh, better as soon as possible. Um, Rob, you, you and I are big on – we've we've been really big fans of what the A's have done the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Is, is that who you're looking forward to most these next couple of weeks, or are you looking towards a different series? No, I mean, yeah, we've been like embarrassingly, you know, obsessed with the A's on this show because because, <laughs> hey, me and Doug, you know, we go to a lot of ports games. We we so I got a lot of their autographs you know, over the last like six seven years. So mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of have the soft spot for, for the A's organization. Got to tell you the truth, but but yeah, like it's always exciting, especially going over there because I was at the game a couple years ago where. Bruce Bochy decided we're going to forego the DH and let Madison Bumgarner hit, and he hit that hit that double. I was there. I mean, it was it was so cool standing up, being like, "Yeah, we don't need no DH." Yeah, that was fun. That was that was a good time. But but I don't think it's going to be happening this year because the Giants can't hit for at all. The pitchers can't. But yeah, but, but yeah, it, it's always exciting to get to use DH, especially with you know with Barron and Kapler being so being so creative with these lineups and and for the most part, you know, knock on wood, everybody's pretty healthy right now. Hopefully, Bryant can. Uh, you know, you know, this little hamstring tightness he has going on and be ready for the weekend and, you know, hopefully all is well, but it's always fun with the A's, you know, it's, um, you know, the, the, the little Bay Bridge rivalry, you know, it's, you know, but both sides, you know, take it pretty seriously, but you know, I, it does, it, it's weird to me. It doesn't really mean as much when both teams are really good and both they're both going towards the playoffs. Like they both have bigger goals right now. They don't, they both, they, they both aren't average or they both don't suck to where, this series is the be all end all how it's been, you know, for recent years with the giants, you know, not, not, not being as good, but, but the team I'm looking forward to, I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's the Atlanta Braves because they haven't, put, they haven't seen them yet this year. And the Braves, we were all very big on them. I think coming into the year, like, yeah, Raleigh Cuny. I mean, that's, that's horrible. What, what happens to him, you know, you know, blown as out there and Marcel Azuna, that whole situation that sucks. And, um, uh, Soroka, you know, you know, go goes out early in the year. I mean, they've had some big, big injuries, but just with, with their front office being so, no, we don't care who's hurt. We are going in. We're getting Jock Peterson. We're getting all these guys at, at the deadline. We're getting Jorge Soler and this and that. And okay, like I can, as a fan, you can kind of respect that. It's like I don't know if it's the best for the long term, but but I'm I'm curious to see how the Giants match up with with, with the Braves team that could. We don't know. I mean, that that NL East. I mean, we look at the Mets right now, and and the Phillies. I mean, it's up for grabs. So I, I'm very uh, excited to see those matchups play out here these next uh, few weeks because you know we haven't seen them yet. Great points about Atlanta, Rob. Um, 
Jeff, A's, Mets, Braves, mm-hmm. Brewers. Four series left to round out the month. Uh, what well, are you looking I, forward to? I'm surprised uh, no one's mentioned the uh, the uh, highly coveted Bay Bridge trophy yet. I mean, that that's at stake, right, over the weekend? I wanted to. <laughs> Jeff, must know, Jeff must know how we feel about that thing. Honestly, I, I didn't did, know this was but, college uh, football. Go on so. my Twitter. You'll see. <laughs> Yeah, the highly coveted uh, Bay, 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 Bay Bridge trophy is that's like, um, obviously the A's just, uh, regardless of who's on the team and how good they are, they, it seems like they always play the Giants well. The Giants could be the best team in baseball and the A's could be the worst team in baseball and the A's could still find a way to sweep the Giants, it feels like. Um, they, to me, they're one of the most uh, well-run organizations in baseball given the kind of spending limits that they have. And, and um, I mean, they just, they, they just find a way to make it work year after year. And they do it on a very, very thin budget. And, and Billy Bean, he, he just has in his front office has a way for identifying talent. Um, with that being said, I, I think the, the Brewers matchup is the one that I'm looking forward uh, most to because, I mean, they're, they're a team, just with the way they played against them uh, a couple weeks ago, I mean, they, they're a team that could be pretty dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they, they remind me of the Giants teams from the, the early 2000s or 2010s because they're they're built on good pitching, good bullpen and defense. And those are the, those are the qualities that, that tend to take you pretty far in the playoffs. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see uh, how they do again against the Brewers. And that's kind of the matchup I'm looking forward to. And I'd be pretty not feeling great if the Giants uh, face off against the Brewers in the playoffs. But uh, it's definitely going to have that playoff atmosphere in a few weeks. Dang it, Jeff. You stole my thunder. I was hoping to be the only guy that was going to take this Brewer series to look forward to because, it, like you just touched on, I mean, they played, what, two weeks ago in Milwaukee, and I know the Giants took two or three in that series, but I've been saying, like, that series was very close to the, the Brewers, like, sweeping that series. That's yep. how good of a matchup that was. Um, and whenever you get uh, Corbin Burns, a Brandon Woodruff, and a Freddie Peralta back-to-back-to-back, at which they very well could have lined up, uh, you know, in a five or seven game series. Dude, it's unfair. And uh, I, I'm very much looking at a Brewer series because this is someone that this is a team that at, maybe at the moment worries me more than the team down south just because they have a healthy rotation, which mm-hmm. the Dodgers do not. And you know what? In October, that's what it's all about. And um, we know it's a little different seeing the Giants. You know, we've been used to this last decade. Hey, they're built on their starting pitching their bullpen and playing good defense. Well, you know, the giants are really well-balanced team, but there's going to be some games in October, probably Mm -hmm. that they win because they just bruise with their lineup. Um, And, but you know, the brewers can hit too. They got Adamas Escobar now Garcia. I mean, they still have some guy named Christian Yelich that can get going at some point. Eventually Um, this is a very good Brewers team. And uh, they, I'm looking forward to seeing them play again at the end of this month um, before hopefully we avoid them somehow in October. Cause I don't want to play. Them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had two more questions or kind of, you know, topics, but I want to combine them together. I feel like we can do this. Um, one, uh, not in regards to really the division because the Padres are 11 games out going into tonight. That would take a really big charge to come back and somehow surpass LA and San Francisco. But in regards to the wild card, the Reds are coming up on them. I know that's really like the only threat kind of for that second wild card spot. But are the Padres like in serious trouble for that wild card spot? One and two, can the Giants hold off the Dodgers? Um, we'll start with Bill. 
<laughs> hey, the Padres picked up Jake Arietta. They're on a roll now. So, you know, <laughs> that's the biggest move they could have made. I mean, he's going to go right in that rotation and do everything like he did 20 years ago. No, I, I, I <laughs> You know, the Padres are struggling. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the rotation is hurt. Uh, he, when Darvish hurt his back, I thought that was one of the key injuries for them. A uh, lower back strain, as they say, and I don't think that's a fake one. I think that's true. Um, their bullpen with Pomeranz is now gone. I just think they're falling. And uh, with Tatis Jr. now playing the outfield, sure, he is a spark in that lineup. We all know that. I love watching him play, but I don't think he's ever a shortstop. He was one of the worst shortstops in throwing in the beginning of the year, he had the most errors of anybody. I don't see him as a shortstop. I just don't. Um, outfield, maybe. I don't know. He'll be in the lineup somewhere. We know that. But, um, you know, I just think there's just too many ands and ifs with the Padres right now. 11 out playing Colorado. And they're, you know, they're playing Philadelphia this weekend. So there's a lot of things. You know, we talk about the Giants schedule. Take a look at the Padres. The Padres have a better, you know, kind of an easier schedule, but they don't have the guns in that rotation now. And you can just say, uh, I'm going right back to Jake area. You pick up Jake area. You got problems. You know, you, that, that is nothing that's going to help you. It's going to hurt you. And the other thing is he's not a delight in the clubhouse. He's not a guy that's going to go in there like Chris, you know, Brian and, and join the forces and everybody likes him. He's a strange dude. He really is. And uh, you're bringing him into the Padres, you're bringing him in the Padres clubhouse at the end of the year, and it's going to cause more havoc than what they think. And um, I think the Padres are scuffling. I think the Reds are going to come back and, and win that wild card. They're playing really wow. good baseball offensively. Um, as you guys go back to the Brewers too, you know the Brewers didn't have Hater uh, in that Brewer series. And you know when you look at what happened in those end of the games their bullpen gave it up. So, yep. and they yep. have also yep. Strickland was there, but we don't, we know what Strickland can do flip a coin. Um, they did have some, you know, COVID-19 issues when the giants faced <laughs> them in the Brewers. So that was one thing that I was looking at, boy, take two out of three and see what happens next. But you guys are all right. The Brewers have a good team and they're a quiet leader. They're not out there pushing anything. Christian Yelich has not had a good season. And we all know he can get hot and get hot real fast. So I'm right with all of you. Brewers are going to be, it's going to be a good series. Um, they're still playing good baseball. And um, you asked the other question, can they hold off the Dodgers? I don't know. And I don't think all of us do because we just don't know how strong this team is. The Dodgers offense is a masterpiece and we know one through eight, they can rake. And uh, I just don't know if the giants can hold them off. And we all know that, but again, I'm not down on them. I'm sure I believe in them, but it's going to be difficult the next six weeks. All great points. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on the pods and the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, to, to Bill's point, if, if you're uh, signing Jake Arrieta in August um, to help your pitching out, then, then you're out of pitching um, at that point. Uh, it's it's a little surprising there isn't anyone in AAA who's, who's uh, an upgrade over Arietta. So I, I don't know how that speaks to the, the Padres' depth. I, I don't know what their minor league system looks like, um, to be honest. Uh, so, I, I mean, can they can they hold off the Reds? I wouldn't think so. I mean, the Reds have the, you know, the healthier team right now. Joey Votto, I don't, he's he's drinking the same water that Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford and Brandon Bell and Evan Longoria are drinking. Um, and then you have uh, Castellanos and, and Winkler who are uh, who were tearing the cover off the ball in the in the first half, and then 
Um, I haven't looked as closely at their rotation, but I mean, Sonny Gray typically is a very good starter. Luis Castillo, I know he got off to a slow start. Um, Wade Miley's quietly been one of the better, better pitchers in the uh, National League. So they might have another uh, kind of three-headed horse if they get to the playoffs. Um, and I mean, that that should carry them into uh, September as well. And, and uh, if I, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but if they're playing a lot of uh, and NL central teams, then they're playing against like the Cubs and the pirates and, and the Cardinals who are faltering. So they might have uh, a pretty favorable schedule, uh, to their advantage. And, and, uh, I mean, the, the Padres don't, because I mean, something to remember is that the Padres face off against the giants, like 10 times to finish the year. I think the last like two or three weeks, I mean, there's three or four series against the giants, so it's going to be tough. And then uh, to your other point about whether the, the Giants can hold off the uh, Dodgers, I mean, that, that's the, the 800-pound gorilla at this point. Um, it, it looks like they can, but, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see uh, how, how they play, off, play against uh, some of these uh, good teams down the stretch. Um, I, I think the health from the position player standpoint is going to be key. Um, because uh, I think it was Rob who mentioned that they can just, there, there are going to be days where they're just going to have to mash against other teams and, and um, they, they're going to need to do that with a healthy lineup. So I think um, the health of the, of the, the lineup is really going to be key down the stretch. And as we know, they're probably going to try to manage the, the workload of the, the pitching staff going forward. Um, so there should be some, uh, you know, planned IL stints. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, and uh, I, I mean, to the uh, to the Dodgers, I mean, I, I think they're still getting guys like Kershaw back, um, but they're running low on pitching as well. I mean, they're relying on Cole Hamels, uh, who, who's not going to pitch at all this year. They just signed Shane, uh, Shane Green, who can be a pretty uh, serviceable reliever at times. And uh, they picked up Danny Duffy, even though he's uh, still on the injured list. I don't think he's pitched at all for them yet. So they'll get some arms back in September, but uh, they're, they're, you know, dealing with a lot of injury problems of their own. So, you know, I, I think the healthier team is the, the team that's going to end up winning in the end. Rob, I got some strong thoughts on this too, but I want to hear yours first. <laughs> give, give your thoughts on the Padres. Do the Reds catch them? And uh, <laughs> like, yeah, do the Dodgers catch up to the Giants? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big, uh, you know, a big Wade Miley fan. I, you know, Doug knows I was really big on the Giants, maybe swinging a trade for him, you know, at the trade deadline. And that didn't happen. And, you know, sure as hell, you know, the the, the Reds come out of the trade deadline. They're playing great ball. So probably a good, good thing for them that they didn't trade uh, Wade Miley. But between Wade Miley, Tyler Molly, you know, nobody talks about him. You know, he he's a he's a stud, too. And Luis Casillo has had a str- stronger second half because he, you know, he pissed so bad in the first half. But he's not quite there yet. But. Yeah, this rotation. Yeah, Sunny Gray kind of be, being the the weakling of it all. Of it all. And uh, they, you know, the, the young guy they just called up, you know, Vladimir Gutierrez. You know, he's he pitched tonight. I don't know if they came back and won that game, but but he got the start tonight. And I believe he like he's like eight and three, like ERA in the low threes, you know, high twos, and he's pitching great. For the Reds, it just it depends on you know how are they going to close out games because as of right now, you got I believe Heath Henry is their save leader with eight. Then you got Amir Garrett who everybody loves Amir Garrett. Cause you know, you never know what's gonna happen when he's on the mound, you know, pitches <laughs> are going to clear and things are going to go down. It's going to be fun. But, but yeah, I, I think at, at this point, and we know about their lineup with Castellanos and Winkler and Votto having, you know, his Renaissance season, 
yeah, I, I don't see how they don't catch the Padres at this point, you know, with Snell still still struggling. He's been Blake Snell, you could argue he's been the biggest disappointment in baseball this year, you know, oh, yeah. for uh for a a team that we all thought was gonna be a playoff team, and they still might be, but who knows? And you know, Joe Musgrove, aside from his no hitter, like he hasn't been well good at all the second half, and you got Dar- you got Darvish down and Nelson Lamette, you know, being on the shelf, Chris Paddock being a disappointment. I mean, there's just a lot of things going with the Padres where, like Bill said, they signed Jake Arrieta. <laughs> he's, he's been awful this year. It's just, how do you get to that point? And to, to their credit, they're still in it. You know, that says, speaks volumes about Tatis and Machado and getting, you know, Adam Frazier and them just hanging in there just by out hitting people. But in, 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 ter- in terms of, Will the Dodgers catch the Giants? Um, I'll, I'll go right now. Like, I'll say I think the Giants are going to hold them off. I do. Uh, until I see that Dodgers rotation get a little more healthy, you know, they're with David Price in that rotation, and they're basically going with two bullpen games through, through the rotation still. You, you know, you, you got Urias, you got Scherzer, you got Bueller. And you have a, a very sketchy bullpen. You know, they didn't address that bullpen at the deadline. They couldn't claim, you know, they couldn't pull the trigger on Craig Campbell. We don't know what those discussions were like, but they didn't pull it off and they didn't get anybody else either. Brewster Gratterall has been a disappointment for them. You know, that that, that young phenom, you know, they got in the Mookie, in the Mookie Betts trade. He, you know, he was the throw-in in that Mookie Betts trade. And I was like, oh, that's, he throws like 100. He's a young arm. He's going to be great for them. And he hasn't been. So until the, I see... Kershaw get back out there and somebody like Shane Green or Danny Duffy kind of solidify that rotation. I think you're asking too much out of their starting rotation right now to catch the Giants who currently have a four game lead on him. I'm knocking on wood. I promise guys, I don't want to jinx this, but I don't think what I say right now, I don't think they will catch the Giants. Not until that rotation gets healthy. The Giants are too sound right now. And the Giants know the Giants are gearing up for September like given these starters their IL stints and like Bill said, these guys probably aren't hurt. I don't want to speculate too much, but I don't think these guys are hurt. And, and I, I do think Alex Wood gets one too here coming up. And I think they know what they're doing. I think they're preparing for the long haul here. So the Giants hold them off, but I hope. Well, Rob, in regards to the Padres, I, you touched on what I want to touch, touch on, and that's the rotation. I mean, outside of Joe Musgrove, you know, like Darvish was having a, a good year, not a fantastic year by any means. And then he gets hurt. Blake Snell, like you said, it's been a huge disappointment, um, especially with command this year on and off, uh, you know, and then Denelsa Lamette, he's like best friends with the 10 day IL. He's been on it all year. <laughs> and then Chris Paddock just sucks. And so uh, th- that rotation went from preseason, like, Hey, this could be a top three rotation to really a fair to mid to well below average um, rotation. I think if the Padres do get in, it's because they ride their bats and that means, Tatis stays healthy. You have Machado uh, and and Myers and Cronenworth go blue. That's my guy. Uh, but I mean, and Tommy Pham. And then obviously Adam Frazier hasn't been that great uh, since he got there. So um, a lot of what is for the Padres. And like you said, I really like the Reds. They've been red hot, kind of how they started um, at the beginning of the season, scoring a lot of runs. Their bats are on fire again. And then I thank you for giving Tyler Malley some credit. He's He is been really good this year um wade miley and then castillo's been having a great second half along with gray like i don't want to see that rotation in the playoffs really either so um you know (laughs) that could that could be a tough uh rotation in a series 
And then in regards to the Dodgers, you know, I've been saying the Dodgers find a way to win the West all the way up until probably a week or two ago. And it's just, it's flat out just because of the rotation as well. Um, I mean, Julio Urias, who's been one of their better starters this year, just got put on the IL the other day uh, with a calf strain. I, know, I mean, you have outside of Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller, who, trust me, that's still a hell of a two. Um, you know, uh, who are you throwing out there? Mitchell White? Uh, because Tony Gonsolin's hurt, too, along with, you know, obviously Hamill's never worked out. And David so, Price. Uh, that, uh, you could go David Price, but, you know, <laughs> I, I hope the Giants get to see him again because he did very well against them, wink, wink, uh, you know, last time he got a spot start. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously <clears throat> Bellinger's warming up uh, at the plate. It looks like he's finally starting to uh, hit the ball, the ballpark like we know he can. Um, the rest of that lineup is is still really good. They can score runs with anybody, but you know if they're still throwing Kenley Jansen out there at the end, who I know he got the save last night, um, but man, he's just so I, I get excited when he comes in because if he if he ends up sucking that night, it doesn't surprise me. So I'm I'm coming on record saying the Giants hold off the Dodgers, uh, and it's because of um, the quantity and the depth of this system for the Giants has paid off and it will really pay off dividends here in September and the rest of August. Um, and, uh, you know, the Dodgers are banged up. They're not going to see Kershaw for a couple more weeks. Still. It was like second week of September. Danny Duffy's going to be out for like possibly another month. Um, I just, it, it, it's, it's going to take a lot from the Dodgers to take the Giants. So if the Dodgers do end up winning the West, I'll take the blame. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think the Giants end up holding off. And we all uh, popping bottles and uh, taking the, taking the, you know, no wild card this year and no, no playoffs. We're winning the West, baby. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Bill, Jeff, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, we'll have to do this again uh, because uh, that was that was too much fun not to do again. So, um, again, follow Jeff on Around the Foghorn. He writes for them all the time um, at Baseball Jeff One on Twitter. And then you can uh, follow Bill on Twitter as well, at Lasky19. Catch him on the weekends with uh, Marty and Kerry on KMBR. Um, guys, thanks for coming on. That was fantastic. Thank you so you much, know, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, Doug. Rob. You know, uh, you guys can always call me on the postgame show. You know, those phone lines are always open. So we we'll can do. have this discussion anytime you want on KMBR. You know, it's always there for awesome. you. Awesome. Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, and uh, go Giants. Go Giants. Thanks, guys. When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby. Every time the chips are down, it's bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.